Hi, this is presenter Kate O'Halloran, and this is the podcast of Kick Like a Girl, a weekly radio show that airs on Triple R during the AFLW season. Kick Like a Girl dissects the week in AFLW with stars and fans of the game and focuses not just on the action on field, but the politics off it. We hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Kick Like a Girl's Facebook page, Twitter or website. Welcome. You are on Triple R. I am your host, Kato Halloran, and we are on air just in time for the start of the 2020 and fourth AFLW Women's Competition, which kicks off this Friday night between Carlton and Richmond at Princess Park at quarter to eight. So today we're not going to have a standard show, but to give you an idea of what to expect once the footy starts, this is how a typical show will run. So we first do a review of all the rounds action and then we have voting for the Erin Phillips Appreciation Award, which is our very own best and fairest. We will then have an interview usually with a player or a club. I know in two weeks' time, for example, some fans are very excited that we're going to have Sabrina Frederick from Richmond and Rana Hussain on. Then we have our very special segment, Voices from the Stands by Kirby Fenwick, which is all about fan experience, fan interviews, uh, and we're going to be playing a very special repackage of the 2019 edition today in preview of that. Then we end up with the Darcy Vessio Smash the Patriarchy segment, one of my faves, probably my favourite apart from Kirby's, of course, uh, <laughs> where we get to talk about all the off-field political issues that go along with the action on-field before uh, the very final thing is a preview of the next round's action. But given it's a jam-packed show today, uh, we're going to do a team-by-team preview and I need to introduce you to my very special guest, Gemma Bastiani. Welcome. How's it going? Not bad. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me. That is all right. I'm very excited that you're here. You're the expert that I need for this show. (laughs) Um, I could read out your bio, but I kind of feel like... It'll be a little bit more natural if you just tell people who you are. Does that sound okay? That sounds okay. Um, (laughs) So I have been working in music for a really long time and I host a podcast called Australian Jams, Um, but I've always loved footy and I am obsessed with stats. So um, I can rattle off a whole bunch of random stats for you. But uh, I just launched uh, a Women in Sport Collective Siren with you and uh, five other amazing women. So have been head in... AFLW stuff the past little while, which makes me really happy. Yes. And you also have your own podcast. Uh, yeah. Well, radio station. Even. Radio station. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. It's called Play on Radio and I pretty much talk about footy and music all the time, which is the best thing ever. Great combo. You're in the right place, I think, being in Triple R. Yes. <laughs> um, cool. So I think we may as well get stuck in really because we've got 14 teams to go through, but maybe I yes. can give a quick overview of what's happening this season because as per usual it's a little bit unusual and confusing um so of course we have the famous conference system returning for season four infamous conference (laughs) yes that is the correct word thank you uh so we've got four new teams everyone has probably heard about the first one which is uh not that they're the first but i think it's the first one mentioned which is richmond yes <laughs> got a good concentration of tigers fans in the building uh st kilda saints gold coast suns and west coast eagles are all joining the competition this year which takes us to 14 teams in total and that means seven are in each conference conference a and conference b uh, so the way it works is they'll play the other conference teams once and then they'll have two crossover games 
which are sort of just like random games that the AFL picks against so-called rivals from yep. the other conference, uh, which takes us to eight home and away games during the season. And then we're going to enter a slightly new final series. So the top three teams in each conference will qualify um, with the top team from Conference A and B having the first week off and then we'll switch over. So whoever finished second in A will play whoever finished third in B and vice versa. So, yes, that's about cover it. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> That'll do, I reckon. It's far more complicated than it needs to be. It is. I just think it makes it quite inaccessible to people who are new to the game yeah. as well. And we know that that's one of the strengths of AFLW is bringing a lot of people to the game who aren't necessarily fans of the men's competition or, you know, haven't been on board for the culture of the men's competition per se. So, I mean, playing each team once would be nice. Well, it does seem to make a lot more sense. And, uh, yeah, especially because there's those two crossover games it's like why can't we just extend it out the tiniest bit so that everyone plays each other once yeah oh man all the players are asking that too so well and the men's players want a shorter competition so why can't we shorten that competition and have a full aflw i think i said exactly this last year so i kind of feel like i'm on repeat uh all right well given we've got 14 new oh 14 new 14 teams we should probably go hey yes so the way it's going to work is with your expert knowledge and stats guru nature, we are going to go through the following categories. We're going to go predicted finish, yep. uh, new faces. I mean, there's a lot for each team. Well, the new teams have got all new faces, but, you know, you'll pick out a few that are important. We'll go through your prediction for someone who's going to have a breakout year. Yep. Uh, we'll look at injuries and trade losses. I'm going to ask you for a killer stat because yep. of your guru nature. And <laughs> then we're going to go a BNF best and fairest prediction for the club. Sounds good. Cool. Let's get cracking. Uh, you're on Kick Like a Girl, AFLW Radio on Triple R. We're going to start our team-by-team -team preview for the 2020 season with team number one in Conference A. I've just taken the order the AFL's listed it in, mm -hmm. which I think is based off ladder position last year, perhaps. It is, yeah. Correct. Okay, so we're going to go with last year's premiers, Adelaide. Kick yes. us off. Um, so I think they're going to finish one or two in Conference A. Mm -hmm. um, I've given you a range for each team okay. because I like to cover all my bases. <laughs> and not be wrong. And not be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows that about me. Fair enough. Um, their key new faces, I've picked out two, even though they've got quite a few, as you said. Mm. Um, Courtney Gum went into retirement and is back playing for Adelaide now in her home state. Mm. Um, I think she's going to be even more important now that Chelsea Randall's out and that tackling pressure can still exist there that Chelsea Randall gave or yeah. gives. Yeah. Um, and then Montana McKinnon as a draftee, I think she provides them with some more flexibility around the return of some injured players coming back, Metcalf mm. and Shear in particular. Mm. Um, so her being there and being able to kind of chop out in a few areas will give them the flexibility to not have to rush those other players back which i think mm. is really important for adelaide absolutely um breakout player yes let's let's jump there i have chosen eloise jones i was really impressed with her throughout the season last year but in particular in the grand final yes her ability to pop up in the forward line and do some really damaging stuff on the ground but also take marks and she kicks really accurately as well which is really important mm. and that's something adelaide were able to show last year that a lot of other teams <laughs> my team um mm. weren't able to do and mm. it made them that much more damaging when they did get an inside 50. So mm. I think she's going to have a really big year this year. Yep, I'm on board with that one. Yes, love her. She's number two if everyone wants to keep an eye out. Well, and a few players are going to have to step up really with Chelsea Randall out for the season now. We're not sure when Aaron Phillips is coming back. Maybe yeah. 
Jenna McCormick has retired now Correct. to focus on soccer, Matildas. football, I should say. Yeah. Um, Ruth Wallace is inactive again for another mm. year, so that is a player they thought they were getting back that they weren't. Mm. Denny Van Hagen is mm. going to be out for a few weeks. Mm. Um, Hannah Button, or used to be Hannah Martin, mm. um, she's another one that they've lost to an ACL. Mm-hmm. So there's quite a bit going on there. All right. And, well, that takes us really to injuries, so... That's all of my yep. um, listed, yep. All right. What's your, what's your killer stat? Knock uh, us over. I think Adelaide are much more equipped to deal with the loss of a lot of those players than they were necessarily in 2018. Yeah. We saw them lose Aaron Phillips for a large portion and Courtney Cramey a large portion of 2018, and they really suffered and they, they didn't know how to access the goal th- without those players mm. there. Last year proved they increased their um, average goal kickers from about three to over six mm. last year. So they've got a lot more avenues to goal. Mm-hmm. So when they don't have those players there, they can certainly still score and still be effective. So I think that's a really big thing for them. Yeah. And? BNF prediction. I think it's Marinoff's year. Ebony. Finally. Well, she doesn't have the other two there to take him from her. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> no, she needs a, a Brownlow. What's well, not a Brownlow, is it? But a vote per uh, tackle, I reckon. She'd be well ahead of the competition. <laughs> She's 98 ahead of the next most tackling player. Wow. Yeah. I find that incredible. But anyway, thank you. Let us move on to the Kangaroos. Okay. Um, Predicted finish. I think they're the other team in one or two in Conference A. Um, key new faces. I've just chosen one for them because they haven't had a lot of movement. Mm. Um, Eileen Gilroy, uh, who's I think she's one of the most talked about Irish players mm. um, this year, and I think she could be that player to fill the slot that Jess Duffin has left um, on that half back line. Yes. and her athleticism was going to be really important rebounding out. So I think she could be really effective for them. And then their breakout player is kind of a new face. Yeah. Um, Beth Lynch only played two games, I believe, last year, but I think this year she's. Going going to really hold her spot she's worked really hard in the preseason her practice match performance is evidence of that Mm. and I think she's going to really make her mark in that really kind of star-studded team this year Mm. I'm really excited to see what she can do particularly breaking out of stoppages um, helping out the likes of Bruton there yeah I think that's going to be really good yeah well here we go big one the injuries trade loss as well Jess Duffin's been relatively late news about Mm. her pregnancy that is massive to me. That's massive, but I think Jamie Stan and Alison Drennan are huge losses as well. Yes. Um, Alison Drennan, I think, really went under the radar last year with the impact she was able to have for them. She's really smart, and the way she uses the, the ball is very, very clean. Mm. And losing that, I think they'll f- feel that loss, particularly when she did play on the halfback, just like Duffin as well. So mm. I think that is a bigger loss than people realise. Mm. But Jamie Stanton as well, she's been a consistent performer since the beginning of the AFLW, so she's not one to kind of bat an eyelid at either. Mm. Indeed, she's at her third club in three years, is it? Yes. Gold Coast, Brisbane, North. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, a quick uh, stat and BNF uh, prediction. Uh, most clubs at kind of average quite a low score when they are in their first season. We saw that in 2017. And we also saw that with Geelong last year. Um, but North actually averaged quite a high first uh, score. They mm. were averaging 43 points a game last year, which is the highest of any team in their first year. And they they haven't really lost any of that forward line either. So I think that is a really big thing is Mm. their ability to consistently score is going to really hurt teams. Um, And I think the BNF is going to go to Jenna Bruton. 
Nice. I, yes. like, I like that. I thought Carney was going to be the pick, but yes, I think Jenna would deserve it. Yes, 100%. Uh, all right, now we are on. We're already behind. I knew this would happen. Uh, sorry, we're sorry. On, no, no, no. It's just so much to go through. Uh, Geelong, the Cats. Uh, I think they're going to be three to five in Conference A. Mm-hmm. Um, can you face, does Nina Morrison count? She only played the one game last year. And what a game it was. 22 touches, eight tackles, kicked the winning point of the game. Amazing. Um, I think Geelong's chance of being in finals and impacting finals improved drastically with her there. Absolutely. But I think their breakout player is going to be Olivia Purcell. Mm. Um, She was really important for them last year, particularly with Morrison going down. Mm. Um, I think she takes it to another level with another preseason in her this year. Yep. Um, And in terms of losses... They've Meg Mack obviously is a recent announcement that she'll miss about half the season with a broken finger. Mm, the but, vice captain and best and fairest from the year before. Yeah, all Australian. Yeah. Um, they delisted their leading goal kicker of 2019 as well in Mia Ray Clifford. So mm. I think that's a really interesting one. And um, I think going into the season, it was questionable where where their scores were going to come from because mm-hmm. Phoebe McWilliams can't necessarily be the only one up there because she gets triple teamed and can't do a lot. But I think we've seen uh, Renee Gehring and a few others training as forwards and can be impactful there. So I think that's a positive. Mm. Um, Killer stat, they were the lowest scoring team in <laughs> AFLW history in 2019, just to piggyback off their lack wow. of scoring. Yeah. And made the finals. And made the finals. Conferences. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gehring did kick three goals in their preseason match as well, though. So I think yeah. Gehring could be a really important aspect to that. But also Georgia Clark mm. and um, Kate Darby, who didn't play a lot in the forward line last year. Mm. It looks like she may line up in the forward line consistently this year. Great. I think BNF will go to Libby Purcell. Okay. Interesting. I was yeah. thinking maybe Gehring, but yeah, I can see that. Uh, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Triple R's AFLW weekly program called Kick Like a Girl with Kato Halloran and Gemma Bastiani doing our expert commentary and stats. Uh, and because we're behind time, we're going to race ahead to GWS. Yes. So I think they're going to be five to seven in Conference A. Um, and their biggest uh, new name is Jess Allen, who was inactive last year through Army training. Mm. Um, she's moved up to the Giants from Adelaide. And I think her combination with not only Aaron McKinnon as the other ruck, but with Elise Parker mm. as a midfielder is really, really going to shine through this year. Yeah. Um, I think Ingrid Nielsen will be their breakout player, though. Her moving forward could be a genius move for them. Jacinda Barclay has kind of proven that she can't be the key person up there. Yeah. And their leading goal kickers are Yvonne Bonner and Cora Staunton. Yeah. With Ingrid Nielsen up there, who's a bit taller, can take those bigger marks mm. and she kicks quite well. I think that could be a really good move for them. Mm. Um, they've lost Emma Swanson to the Eagles, though. Mm. And Amanda... As captain, too. <laughs> yes. And Amanda Faruja has retired. So they've lost a bit in the middle, which is a little bit of a worry. Mm. is huge for me and that's takes us to the issue of work-life balance, which I think might be coming up in a smash the patriarchy soon because it's going to be an issue that comes to a head even more, I think, as we progress. But anyway. Keeps coming out, yeah. Sorry for the divergence. <laughs> um, uh, killer stat, Erin McKinnon leads the competition for hitouts. She averages 24 a game. She's actually got 451 to her name so far in her career. Wow. Um, but she's largely rucked solo, so mm. I think the combination of her and Jess Allen rotating forward as well could be really beneficial to them. So the way Erin McKinnon's game has to change this year will be really interesting. Mm. Um, I think Elise Parker gets their BNF this year. Oh, that was my pick too. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like it. Uh, all right, we're on to a team that, in my opinion anyway, was quite decimated by the expansion, which is Brisbane. Give More us your, than any other team. Give us your prediction in that case. Six to seven in Conference A, unfortunately. Mm. They just can't score. Um, Keen you face Kathy Spark. Um, she's a mature draftee. She's shown a lot of composure and class in the middle where they've lost a lot of talent. So I think she's going to be really crucial. Mm. And also I think Lily Postlethwaite. She's a tenacious midfielder. She's small, but she tackles. She's like a pocket rocket. Yeah. She will lead the way in terms of culture, I think, in what they do on the field. Mm. Um, so I think she's going to prove to be important, not just in her talent, but in her intensity. Yeah. Um, Breakout player Sophie Conway is back, which is massive. Yes. Um, and I think she's going to be that player. She's their second highest goal kicker currently on the list with five. Wow. Their highest is Jess Wushner with 26. So that's the <laughs> gulf between all the talent they've lost in, in terms of forwards, forward yeah. line. Yeah. Um, so that's where the big issue has been, and that was my killer stat. So let's yeah. mix it up there. Nice. Um, we should mention that Jess Wushner... Got struck by lightning. Got struck by lightning, unbelievably. Yeah, uh, yeah it's just surreal, isn't it? And yeah. may not even play the first round. We're not sure at this point. Is that right? She's back at training and she's yeah. working really hard to be back for round one, but mm. that's something you don't want to really push if you don't need to. No, absolutely. But, you know, having heard those stats, you'd be worried about their scoring capacity without Wushner in the team too, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, well, in their practice match, they didn't score a goal against GWS. Yeah. Um, and GWS don't necessarily have the best defence in the league, so that is is a worry. Yes, indeed. Um, best and fairest? Best and fairest, Ali Anderson. Mm. I think her proliferation in terms of ball winning yep. is going to win her that. Um, she's too important in terms of that. Yes, I thought Ali Anderson or maybe Kate Luck. And we'll see. Yeah, underrated so, player. Yeah, massively in my opinion. Uh, now we're up to one of the new clubs, the Gold Coast Suns. Who I love. I'm very excited about them. Why do you love them? I know, I've always loved the team that's kind of bad. <laughs> like the club, I really like the men's team as well and uh, I just really want them to do well. Just because they're an underdog. Yeah, and everyone thinks they're going to fold, but I strongly believe in this women's team. Okay, okay. I used to be like that about Frio when they started in the I men's competition. I love Frio as well. I always loved them and the green. I mean, yeah, I think they need the green back. But anyway, uh, let's go. Uh, I think they're going to be four to six in Conference A. Okay. Um, to kick it off. Cheyenne Hammond, I think, looks to be a fantastic pickup for a running carry out of defence. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of expansion players they've got in, Tiana Ernst might just mm. be the best expansion pickup of the year across any of the four teams. She she can impact the game anywhere on the ground. Mm. I think we're going to really see that happen. Mm. Um, Moved break- up there for work, I believe. Yeah, she's a doctor. Yeah. Um, she's just finished her rotation just in time for... AFLW to start, which is intense. Can I know. you imagine training and being an intern at the same time? I saw her in all the on Instagram, like all her surgery gear, kind of leaning up the, against the bench, going, "You know, I'm exhausted, yeah. and now AFLW is about to start." So unreal what some of them manage to balance. Totally. Um, breakout player. I'm pretty bullish on Jackie Yorston. Anyone that's heard me talk about mm. her before. Um, I think similar to what Postlethwaite will do for Brisbane in terms of on-field ten- tenaciousness, tenacity, mm. um, I think Jackie Yorston will bring that to the Suns. Yep, um, one of my faves. They haven't really had any injuries. They've had Emma Pittman is coming back from an ACL. It's a little bit slower than expected. Yep. And Katara Wapfora is a little bit behind the eight ball. But other than that, they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, killer stats. Statistically, Tiana Ernst leads the Suns recruits in a number of areas, and I think she'll lead them 
in terms of like spiritually lead them as well, be a good teacher mm. because her skills are really high and she's obviously got a good kind of mentality to mm. go about that. So I think she'll be a really important one and I think she'll win the BNF. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised. Big loss for my team, the Bulldogs, oh, which yes, we'll uh, get to a bit later. Thanks for rubbing that in Apologies, in a tremendous way. Uh, <laughs> uh, now we're up to, yeah, the team that everyone keeps talking about because there's just so many of their fans. So many. Too uh, many. <laughs> uh, the Tigers. What do you think about them this year? Um, I think they'll be three to four in Conference A. I think they did get a little bit lucky in terms of the conference they've landed in Mm. um, because I think Conference A will have two really strong teams and then a little bit of a gap to the the rest, whereas I think Conference B is much closer. Yeah. Um, New faces, Ella Wood, I think she's one of the lesser-known recruits for Richmond, but her ability to break out of stoppages will be really important for the Tigers. Yeah. And Taylor Stahl in the forward line is huge as well. She was really important in terms of she kicked three goals in their practice match, but also just her her one-on-one and her ability to help them stretch defences will be really good. Yeah. Um, I think Akek Makochuot, I hope I said that right. I think you did. Uh, yeah. I've been <laughs> practising it. Congratulations. Um, she's getting a second chance at AFLW and her improvement in the state league shows why she's got that second chance. I think she'll prove to be a really good breakout for them and she kind of will need to lead their defence. They mm. don't have a lot of key defenders back there. Mm. She'll have to be that person. I'm really looking forward to seeing what she can do there. Yeah. Um, Great. They don't have any losses, really. Monique Conti has chosen footy over basketball, so they won't have lost her for the start of the season anymore. Mm. I um, know I'm diverging again, but it's amazing how much news we've got about, I mean, Steph Kiochi giving up teaching for AFLW. Um, Ashling Utree we are just talking Utrecht about. Utree from the Doggies actually giving up AFLW for hockey. So I feel like this year is one of those... Uh, sort of forks in the road where we're seeing a lot of people saying, I cannot keep juggling these things and commit to both. So it's interesting. I mean, that one's fallen in the Tigers' favour, obviously. But, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Um, They've actually recruited three of the top forwards in the comp. Mm. But all of their defenders are straight out of state comps. Yes. So I think they're a little bit top heavy. And I think if the ball gets out the back quickly, they may be in a little bit of trouble so just kind of watch how much they leak through their defense as compared to how much they can score with that big note forward line I think Monique Conti will be their BNF yes I would have to agree once again a huge loss to the doggies really (laughs) there's a lot going on there (laughs) best on ground in the grand final and oh it just makes me upset but anyway I think and of course Katie Brennan is a massive um coup to not only take her from the Bulldogs, but also... Marketing coup. Yeah. Yeah, mar- yeah exactly. Yeah. And as captain, um, visible presence in the competition right from the beginning. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how she goes. I think she's going to get a lot more midfield time, So, yeah. which I think she wanted at the Bulldogs and probably was a bit hamstrung by the Bulldogs' lack of forward line yeah. tools. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how she goes. All right. Uh, we... We'll take a short break from our preview because that's the end of Conference A. You're on Triple R. You're listening to our weekly AFLW radio show, Kick Like a Girl, with Kate O'Halloran and Gemma Bastiani. 
Kirby Fenwick each week does a segment called Voices from the Stands, five minutes on the dot, she sends me every week, <laughs> of uh, player, sorry, fan interviews. So she hangs out in the crowd with her mic, talks to people about what they love about AFLW. I'm super excited that she's going to be doing that again for us this year. But what she's done is just packaged up five minutes of highlights. I'm not sure how she managed only five, but five from the whole of last season. So Please enjoy listening to that and we will be back afterwards with Conference B. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. They have people who look up to now. They have inspiring female athletes. What do you love about women's footy? What do I love about women's footy? I love everything about women's footy. I, I love it so much that at the age of 46, I've decided to play myself. Yep, so I've, um, I've picked up a football for the first time in my life and I now play in the Super Rules League and I'm giving it a go. So I think it's a, an exciting, dynamic uh, sport. I've always loved AFL, so why wouldn't I love to play it as well? So it's, it's my favourite thing at the moment. That makes me so happy. That just makes me really happy. It's such a great story. Can you tell me your name? Lorraine. And who do you barrack for? Oh, who do you think? The Bulldogs, of course. The Western Mighty Bulldogs. Excited about tonight? Yes, very. It's just, it's just wonderful to see these young girls walking around with stars in their eyes, following their girl heroes. I think it's just fantastic. Can you tell me your name? Uh, Joe. And who do you barrack for? Western Bulldogs. Excited about tonight? Yeah, very excited. Uh, grand final uh, replay. What do you love about the AFLW? Uh, the fact that it's brought my daughter uh, back to football uh, so I can go to the football with my daughter and my grandkids who couldn't be here tonight. But, uh, yeah, it brings the whole family back, which is fantastic. Can you tell me your name? Uh, Megan. And who do you bag for? The Lions. The Lions? Yeah. So what brings you here tonight? Uh, I'm doing the Knights Next Gen Academy and I have Bree, Taylor and Maddie as my coaches, so I thought I'd come down and support them. Awesome. Yeah. So what do you love about women's footy? Just the whole aspect of it, like being able to see women out there playing alongside like the men as well. It's just like because I hope to get there one day, so it's, I like seeing them play. So it's really good. You're aiming for the AFLW? Yeah, hopefully I'll make it one day. Fingers crossed. Definitely. Who would you love to play for? Oh, most likely Lions, but any team as long as I'm there. Can you tell me your name? Joe. And you are dressed like a footy player. What did you get up to today? Well, that's because I am a footy player. I played in the uh, AFLW Masters um, exhibition game that we had here today before the two AFLW games. So uh, we played as the Metro in the big V colours and so we played Country Victoria. It was fantastic. Great experience. Have you played footy for a while? I played footy for the first time ever last year. So I grew up with three brothers telling me that girls can't play footy. And I, I went along with that and became a dancer for years. And then I found out last year there was an opportunity to play footy. So I started. And here I am at Marble Stadium. It's, it's crazy. I have goosebumps. 
That's amazing. I have goosebumps too, yeah. What's the experience been like for you to, to get onto a footy field and play footy? To, the first time I played footy last year, I, it was just amazing for me. It was like getting rid of years of not something that was a weight on my shoulders, but just that expectation that you can't do something because you're female to be able to just say, well, actually, yes, I can with other like-minded females. The women, the, the women are fantastic. They're very, very good to each other as a rule. And um, today was no exception, a great bunch of women. And yeah, it's just fantastic. I can't wait to join you guys when I can no longer get a kick at my footy club. Absolutely, come and play with us. <laughs> That's amazing. Can you tell me your name? My name's Rachel. And who do you barrack for? I barrack for Geelong. And what brings you here today then, to the Witten Oval? I go to as many of the women's games as I possibly can. Um, I love that we have women's footy out to watch. They've got the crowds coming along now. Like I, I started playing footy in the sort of mid to late 90s. I'm a founding member at Melbourne Uni. And we didn't get crowds. We had people who'd walk past and snigger. So the change in the football environment is just fantastic. I was overseas for 11 years when this whole big sort of shift happened. And so when I came back, Suddenly everyone at the office is talking about their daughter's footy games instead of just their sons. People don't snigger at the thought that we play and are actually actively going out and watching it. And I just think it's only going to get bigger and better because half the population have been waiting for this for forever. So it's just amazing. Wow. That was uh, Kirby's uh, wrap-up of Voices from the Stands from 2019. And I love Lorraine. We love Kirby. <laughs> we love Kirby. Kirby is amazing. Kirby's part of Siren. I know. Yeah. Our Women in Sport Media Collective. Yeah. And what I love about Kirby is her responses too. She's just so <laughs> genuine and she's like, I have goosebumps. I love this. This makes me so happy. <laughs> I was like, I really have to cut together an intro to Voices in the Sands. It's just like Kirby's responses. I would love that. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go and do that. Uh, <laughs> you are listening to Kick Like a Girl, Triple R's AFLW radio program every Monday from 12 till 1. I'm host Kato Halloran here with special guest Gemma Bastiani and we are doing a team-by-team preview of AFLW Season 4, which starts this Friday, and we're up to Conference B. My uh, favourite conference. Is it really? Because it's got my team in it. It's got my team in it too. Yeah. I want to talk to you about why they're your team in a moment, but first of all, neither of our teams, the Freo I, Dockers. I love Fremantle. We just both said that we love Fremantle, so there you go. Fremantle did send me a picture of Roxy Rude when I requested one the other day. So that did was they? Something. Yeah, I've got it saved to my phone now, so cheers to Fremantle. <laughs> All right. Um, So tell us, uh, where do you think they'll finish in the conference? I've got them four to five in conference B, but I want to say three to five. I think they're a good chance to make finals after having seen them in preseason. You can't just take it back. I mean, (laughs) I did do the range, remember? All right, all right. Um, New faces, Roxy Rue, as I've just said. Um, She's the obvious one. She'll work beautifully up in the forward half with Duffy and O'Sullivan and Gemma Houghton. So I think she becomes a really important player, but I think she ramps it up as the year goes on. Mm -hmm. Don't expect too much from her in week one or two, but as she gets through it, it'll be important. And then Kate Flood, I think, looks to be a really exciting prospect as well. Her athleticism can be really damaging. Mm -hmm. Um, With a few of their losses as well, she could be a really important.
important inclusion. Yeah. Um, I think Hayley Miller becomes their breakout player mm-hmm. in the midfield. They've lost Dana Hooker there. And I think Hayley Huge. Miller has really worked hard to become the replacement for Dana Hooker. Mm-hmm. I think she's seen that opportunity and she's taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, they've obviously lost Dana Hooker and Kelly Gibson um, to expansion. Paris Laurie is another one. Alicia Jans. Yep. They've lost a lot. Um, but also Anne McMahon is going to miss the season through injury, workplace injury. And I'm... Anya Tig, I yeah. think is how you say her name, yeah. Irish girl. Yeah. She's um, done her ACL, so she's out for the season as well. And one of their few recognised ruck women, so they're going to be in trouble in that division. They're left with Mim Strom, who is a really highly touted recruit, yeah. but that's a lot to ask of her early. So I think Gemma Houghton is going to have to do a bit of rucking as well, and Ebony Antonio. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what are we up to? Killerstat and BNF, best uh, and fairest prediction. Yeah, in uh, 2019, Fremantle enjoyed their highest scoring season yet, um, an improvement of nearly 20 points a game on their 2018. So I think they, huge. they need to consistently kind of keep that up there. Um, and I think their BNF will be Kiara Bowers, who made an absolute splash last year. Absolute gun. Bloody love One her. of my faves. And now we're up to, okay, give me a 30-second why do you barrack for Melbourne because you actually have a Sydney Swans tattoo on your hand. Yeah, so I go for Sydney (laughs) and the men's, and Sydney obviously uh, don't have a women's team yet. My whole family go for Melbourne. Most of my family go for Melbourne, I should say. And I've always been interested in their men's team as well because I love footy. So the more teams you kind of are interested in, the more footy you get. <laughs> That's blasphemy. Um, <laughs> and I have a Mitch Hannon badge on my swan scarf and, yeah. Okay. Um, and, yeah, so when there were exhibition games going on, I was always going for Melbourne, so yeah. that just kind of carried through. Okay. It's good that enough. they're the greatest team ever as well, so that helps. <laughs> All right, let's get cracking. Where are they going to finish without any bias whatsoever? This is truly without bias. I think they'll be one to three in Conference B, probably in the lower end of that. Yeah. Um, key new faces, I think Libby Birch. She's one of the best intercept defenders in the comp. Another one from your team. <laughs> Great. Um, so I think she also provides them the flexibility with Lauren Pierce out for half the season to send yep. Harriet Cordner up into the ruck. So she kind of covers the bases in defence for them. Yeah. Um, and I think Jackie Parry is a bit of an all-rounder utility. She finds the ball really well and she was really impressive in the preseason game. So yeah, really keen to see what she can do. Breakout player, I'm calling Shelley Heath straight off the bat. Um, Bianca Jacobson is out on the wing for us now. And I think Shelley Heath, even though she's a much smaller player, I think she replaces Bianca Jacobson there. Her her intensity, her tackling and her repeat efforts are really impressive. Mm. So she only played the two games last year. I think she plays probably consistently the whole season this year. Yeah. Um, we've lost Bianca Jacobson to um, the Police Academy. Yeah. Kat Smith and Shay Sloan are both out with ACL tears. Mm. Lauren Pierce and Lily Mithin will also miss half the season. That's big. That's huge. Lauren Pierce probably more so than any of the others. Yeah. Um, but I think if Melbourne can get through the first three weeks okay, winning maybe two of those games, yeah. I think they are a really good chance for finals. But mm. they just need to get through those first three weeks. Mm. Um, killer stat, Melbourne's accuracy yeah. has been the bane of my existence for the past three years. <laughs> yeah. They've gone at 51%, 43%, 46%. And Are we talking disposal efficiency or In goal? front of goal. Yeah, okay. And considering they've missed finals the first three years on percentage, yes. that kills me. But their um, accuracy in the preseason was amazing. So I think that is a really big improvement for them. If they can do that, they're a really good chance. That's very I promising. Think Karen Paxman wins their BNF. 
Paxi. Love she it. was one of our guests last season. Hilarious. She's a funny character. Came on with Alicia Newman, who we will hopefully be getting back. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we love Melbourne. So we're on to my team, the yes. Western Bulldogs. Uh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> what have you predicted for me? Come on. Um, I think they're three to five in Conference B. I think they're one of those teams that may just make it into finals depending on how a few things fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nell Morris Dalton will be a significant target up forward. She's proven in the preseason that she's probably the best target that they've recruited in. Yeah. Not anything against Gabby Newton, but I think Morris Dalton probably has a bigger body and a bit yep. more strength so far. Yeah. I think Gemma Lagoya, her work on the ball will be really important alongside Ellie Blackburn and Kirsty Lamb. Yeah. So she did really well in Collingwood's premiership winning VFLW team last year. And yep. I think um, she becomes a really important mid for them. I have to say, Nell Morris Dalton is already my favourite player before she's even set foot on the field. Um, Because I don't know if you saw, but she got quoted about the CBA negotiations and said, I'll go to court with them. And I was like, I love it. You can tell she's a Darabin girl. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Come from a women's team, women's run club. Yep. Love it. All right. Um, I think Isabel Huntington will be the breakout player. She's never. She's not really had the. Her body hasn't let her really show what she's about yet. But yep. she's had a really good preseason. She has had to become a leader in the forward half with all a lot of youth there. And I think she's going to really have a big year and really kind of show us what she's made of. That would make me very happy. <laughs> um, you've lost a lot. So Tiana Ernst, Libby Birch, Monique Conti, Katie Brennan, Emma Mackey. Wow. They're all expansion losses. And Utree now. And Utree, who I just found out about, which I'm absolutely ashamed about. No. Um, She's committed to hockey for anyone who doesn't know. She was balancing the two and has said she'll sit out the season, which is very disappointing. No, I mean, I support her totally. Disappointed she had to make the choice. Disappointed she had to make the choice, exactly. Um, I think it creates a lack of depth in defence for the dogs. So I think defensively, similar to Richmond, that that's a question. Can you hold up to some of those forward lines that can really stretch you? Yes. Um, Killer stat, Ellie Blackburn has become a statistical leader in almost every capacity for the dogs. Yeah. And she's going to need a lot of support if they're going to do very much this year. Um, She's also had a a hand injury that's not going to keep her out, but obviously is going to impact her. Yeah. Um, So I think people like Kirsty Lamb, who has already been doing a lot, needs to take that next step up. And a lot of those draftees need to step into those roles because she can't do it all on her own. Yeah. But I think she does win that BNF, your BNF. Ellie, yes. I couldn't go past her myself. I think that's an astute pick. She's incredible. Uh, you're listening to Kick Like Girl on Triple R. It is about 20 to 1, so we've only got 20 minutes to go, but we are slowly getting our way through each team uh, contesting the 2020 season of AFLW. It's Kato Halloran and Gemma Bastiani, and we're up to Carlton, who are in action this Friday night. Yes, I'm very excited about Carlton this year. Are you? I think they're my pick for premiers really yeah which is a weird call a lot of people have questioned me on that um (laughs) look i i think i came last in the kick like a girl tipping last year so i'm not (laughs) even gonna go there i'm with you (laughs) i think they finished first or second in conference b yep um Lucy McAvoy is obviously the draftee this year and her ability to go in and play alongside Presparkis is going to be huge yeah and i think she fills that gap that brianna davey has left perfectly she's the perfect replacement yeah I also think Lalofi coming in to the back line is huge because you, you never um, Carlton never really replaced Danielle Hardiman or Kat Gillespie-Jones from their defensive line after they lost them to North Melbourne a year ago. So I think Lalofi, who 
is a great reader of the ball and a really clever user of the ball out of defence will slot right right into that back line and strengthen it a bit. Mm. Um, I think she was the perfect pickup for them. Yep. I think Jade Van Dyke becomes their breakout player as a small defender. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of went a little bit under the radar last year, but she didn't miss a game. She played really strongly in every game. Yep. I think she kind of takes it to the next level. Um, and obviously they've they've lost Brianna Davey as massive uh, to to trade, but I think another big loss is Tilly Lucas Rod. And I know that l- she didn't really get a game until late in the season last year, but when she came in, she had a huge impact mm. as that small defender. And I think she's going to end up being a bigger loss than people realise. Yeah, I think so too, actually. Um, killer stat: Carlton are actually the only team outside of Adelaide to actually increase their scoring come finals. Mm. So their ability to get on a roll and their momentum, mm. which we saw in their preseason game against North as well, is really damaging. So you need to fight – any team that's opposing them needs to fight off their momentum shift mm. as long as possible because once they get on that, it's really hard to pull mm. them back. And they, that's not just during game but during season. Yeah. Um, and I think Prosparkus wins their BNF. Me too. She's a star. She's amazing. She actually came on our – End of season live show last year, and yeah, how impressive! Rising yeah. star, <laughs> um, yeah. BNF, did you win the BNF last year? No, no, Brianna Davy did, correct. Or oh, I didn't know, uh, I'll have to check that, I have to get back to you. Um, but <laughs> Chris Barker's, yeah, blows me away. She's Can't believe jack. she's only been in the comp for one season and is already such an integral player. That's what pathways do. Correct. I always use her as, as an example of, you know, where we're at at the moment. With Never AFL had to w. stop playing footy. Correct. So we're only really seeing glimpses of just how amazing these women could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Collingwood. I think they'll be three to four in Conference B. I think they're another team like the Dogs that are going to fight for that third spot. Um, Brianna Davy is the obvious um, new face there. Mm-hmm. But I think Chloe Malloy, her return needs to be flagged as well. The one-two punch of Davy and Malloy moving the ball through the middle would be significant, um, but I think adding in the improvement that uh, Jamie Lambert has made is really big as well. A lot of people talking about um, Collingwood's midfield as being the the best going into this season. I, while I don't necessarily agree, I think it's going to be an incredible midfield. As and in the best it's been since? No, the best in the competition. Oh, really? Yeah. I wouldn't say that necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, again, and breakout player Shani Layton, like I think the combination of them yeah. will be really damaging. Um, they played Melbourne in a practice match and they decimated the clearances, but it was once it got part forward of centre that they really struggled. And I think that is going to be their big letdown this year. Yes. Um, Shani Layton is the name on everyone's lips right now. Her skills have improved having a VFLW season under her belt. Yeah. I think she'll be very, very good, but I don't think she's going to be that incredible best in the league player that a lot of people are talking about like gather your expectations a little bit on her but know that she'll have a positive impact for Collingwood I think everyone's taken by you know the amount of improvement in her but that doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to be the best yeah you know a standout in the competition perhaps compared to her own prior performance sorry go on um, they haven't actually lost anyone significant this off-season, really, and their only real injury of note is Sophie Alexander um, split her eyebrow open in the practice match. Mm. But other than that, they look really good, which is really positive for them as compared to previous years as well. Um, and I think their killer stat 
Brianna Davy actually comes in and leads them for um, disposals straight straight in. She's uh, I think she averages seventeen point four or something a game as compared to um, their next best, which I believe is Jamie Lambert. Mm. Um, so I think the the balance of their midfield needs to be thoughtful, and they will need to be rotating one of those really great mids into the forward line because they don't really have a strong forward line. So the way they balance that may take a little bit of time, but once they get it, it can be really effective. Mm. I think Chloe Malloy wins their BNF though. Yes, if she can stay fit and out there, she is another absolute gun. A mm-hmm. um, couple of very quick things. We should say a shout-out to Mad Pie uh, Fernie Fern because she uh, has requested a shout-out. Hi, Fern, <laughs> um, and all our other loyal listeners. And secondly, I did a quick check, and actually Prasparka's tied with Davey for last year's BNF. Sorry. No, no. I, Apologies. You threw me. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I thought, yeah, Brie, oh, I'm not sure. But, yeah, they tied. Yeah. All right. There We're we go. We're both right. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. We are running through a team-by-team preview of this season of AFLW, about to kick off on Friday. And Gemma Bastiani, we're up to another new team in the St Kilda Saints. I'm really excited about the Saints as well. I think they've put together a really strong list, even though it's not big names. Um, that being said, because they're in the tougher conference, I think they're five to seven. Yeah. Um, Kenya faces Georgia Petrukios, um, for me, is up there with Roxy Rue and Lucy McAvoy's really great inclusions into the side. Yeah. Um, her agility vision will serve her well. But as I said during the North Melbourne chat, um, I think Alison Drennan is a bigger inclusion than people realise. Mm. And keep an eye out for what she can do. Yeah. Um, I think Tilly Lucas Rod is going to be their breakout player. She was brilliant last year once she made it into the side for Carlton. Yeah. Um, and I think her second efforts and uh, pressure will be really crucial in the back half for the St Kilda. Um, they haven't really lost anyone. They don't really have any injuries to worry about. Mm. Um, the one-two punch of Nat Exxon and Kate McCarthy can't be understated either. Mm. Um, Exxon's improvement in 2019 was eclipsed only by Anne Hatchard, who was the one everyone was talking about as best improved. Yeah. Um, but Exxon increased by more than six possessions a game wow. between 2018 and 2019. Mm. And she's actually um, become more disciplined. She gives away less free kicks and she has kicked six goals in her career. Four of those came more recently. Mm. Um, and then Kate McCarthy has kicked 16 goals in her career and the way they work together is really good. Yeah. And I think that is going to be a really big thing in terms of connection between mid and forward for the Saints. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was deliberate to try and get the pair down sure. from Brisbane. Yeah. I mean, they work so well together. Yeah. So. And I think Nat Exxon wins the BNF. You reckon? Yeah. I want to see her mullet back. <laughs> I'm really unhappy that it's gone. It's, it was a charity mullet. I know, but it just it suited her. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's featured so many times on this show, I'm really sad that I can't talk about it anymore. <laughs> Clearly, I found a way to mention it anyway. Just the nostalgia of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but do you remember when people in the crowd were holding out the giant mullets? No. Really? I don't remember that. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> it was like up there with the fridge in the crowd, there were people actually literally holding giant Nat Exxon mullets. So Both are gone now i know i know <laughs> i'm really upset about this i'm waiting for some fans to come up with some you Weird, know culty thing equal and ent- levels of entertainment this season uh all right we have one final team left our good friend casey simon's yes. team uh, the west coast eagles where are they going to finish i think they're another one that's five to seven in conference b 
um, if they were in conference A, I would probably be putting them a tad higher. Mm-hmm. Um, Imara Cameron, I think, has been really impressive in their preseason hitouts, um, in on the ball particularly, and I think she'll be a good support for their big name recruits. Mm-hmm. I think Paris Laurie is a really impressive get as well. I think she's a bigger get than maybe people acknowledge, particularly now that Alicia Jans has gone down with that knee injury. Yeah, I know. Um, her ability to not only win the hit out but also play on the ball is really crucial mm. and will, she'll be a, a similar to what Lauren Pierce does for Melbourne. She's becomes another midfielder for them mm. and her skills have improved a lot. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think Chantella Pereira is going to be their breakout player, which is hard because she hasn't debuted yet, but with an expansion yeah. team. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think she's kind of going to be their Meg Mack type in, in defence. Yeah. She was part of that Hawthorne VFLW premiership in 2018. And she was best on ground. She won the Lisa Hartman medal. And her ball reading ability, and again, she's got composure. She's a basketballer, so we all know what that means. Yeah, yeah. Um, but all of that sort of stuff, she just makes everything go that little bit slower for everyone. Yeah. And she composes them out of the back half, which will be great. Mm. Um, they really missed her in their preseason game against Richmond. She didn't play. I think she did have basketball commitment. So that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, their only real losses at Alicia Jan's. With that knee injury, she's going to be out for the season. And they have um, Rosie Deegan was always going to be inactive this year despite them signing her. So they're the only two real losses for them. Their killer stat, Dana Hooker, who's a star. I love her. um, She averages 17.6 disposals and five tackles a game, which is immense. That is unreal given the shorter games. Like people listening who might be fans of the men's game think 17, but proportionately that's huge. It's huge. (laughs) and I think she will really lead their midfield. I think that gives Emma Swanson a chance to maybe play on the half forward line and kind of view things a little bit differently. Mm. Whereas Hooker can be the in in an under player for them and and know that she's going to be there and do that job really well. Mm. Um, and I think she wins their B and F as well. Undoubtedly, I think she's or it could be Swanson, but yeah, Dana's just one of my favourites. She's I a think. star. I think she's so underrated. We all remember that goal she kicked around the corner at Optus Stadium oh, against Collingwood yeah. two years ago. With such a big crowd there too. 30-something thousand, 33,000. Yeah, I can't remember the exact number, but yeah, I hope they get something similar for the derby. But we'll talk about that in a moment. We hope it's more. We hope it's more, correct. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about seeing Dana Hooker out there. Yeah, well, for Frio fans, not necessarily in West Coast Colours, but anyway... <laughs> We've all been decimated, haven't we? To not different Melbourne. degrees. Oh, yeah. yeah. In- injuries for <laughs> Melbourne, but not actually losing players. Correct. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up the Triple R website to find out how. Now I think we should look ahead to the week's action. Get some tips from you and tell us what games you're going to be at. So, of course, the big one is Friday night. Uh, Yes. Well, you know, it's traditionally the big one, isn't it? So Carlton have traditionally played against Collingwood, but this year we've got the new team in Richmond. Well, last year it was Geelong and Collingwood. Correct. Sorry. Um, It's all over the place. Well, yeah. I was thinking Carlton, Collingwood. Then we had Collingwood again, but with Geelong. Mm. And then, yeah, but they've been booted out this season for Richmond. 
So 7.45, Icon Park, what's... What crowd are we going to get? Will you be there? Who's going to win? It's going to be a lockout, 100%. I've got a lot of friends wondering how early they need to get there to make sure they get in, which (laughs) is why a ticketed game would be much better. Um, I need to say something on that topic because someone from the US the other day said to me, I really want to go to the the women's game, the first game. How do I buy tickets? I can't find tickets anywhere. (laughs) And like, so she thought that she couldn't go because there were no tickets. Yeah. I think, you know, even if they don't want to charge ticket it because it actually stops people from going she's like oh but then i'm gonna have to get there so early and i got work and like i I really think people don't shop because they're worried about not getting a seat yeah so the crowd inevitably shrinks 100 percent. i mean i have to be at a work meeting until quite late that day so i don't know if i'm gonna get in Mm. so i think i'm gonna live tweet it from home while the rest of my siren team yes uh, are at the game okay um i think carlton win that one though you do i'm i'm big on carlton this year okay yeah. What proportion of that crowd will be Tigers versus Blues versus neutral? 75 to 25. <laughs> <laughs> Richmond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, quite. Yeah, I think I agree. There's a bit of banter going on between the cheer squads and yeah. Carlton saying, no, no, this is our, our home ground. Richmond saying we'll turn it into a cauldron, you know. Even though it's Richmond's home game. Yes. But yes. it's Carlton's home ground. Yes. Oh, God, everything's so confusing <laughs> with this league, isn't it? Um, so that's Friday night. Then on Saturday we've got three games, GWS Gold Coast at... Blacktown, so in Sydney, Melbourne v Kangaroos, Casey Fields, the ground that we notoriously hate on this show. It's the end of the earth. Brisbane versus Adelaide at Hickey Park, which is in Brisbane. So some quick tips. I think uh, GWS will be pushed by Gold Coast, but will inevitably get the win. Yeah. I have to tip against my team, unfortunately. I think North are just too fit and Melbourne don't have enough fit players to really have an impact in round one. Mm. Um as much as I'll be rooting hardcore for Melbourne. And I think that Adelaide are going to embarrass Brisbane, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm a bit worried about that one, to be honest. Yeah. Especially if Wushner's not out there as well. Yes. Could get ugly. Uh, Yeah, I think... I think I agree with all three of those, um, not just because I'm a terrible tipper. In fact, that reminds me, if you want to join the Kick Like a Girl and Siren Sport um, AFLW tipping competition, follow us on social media for some instructions to sign up. Just use the code. And, uh, yeah, we'll have some prizes again, like last year when Casey Simons was victorious. It wasn't rigged because she works on the show occasionally. She's just a lot better at it than me and everyone else. She's funny. Um then we have the last three games on Sunday. So Collingwood, West Coast, West Coast's first game in the comp at 110 at Vic Park. St Kilda versus the Doggies, football's back at Moorabbin at 10 past three. And then we've got Fremantle, Geelong at Frio Oval. So I think I think Collingwood will get up, um, but I think West Coast will show more than they did against Richmond in their mm-hmm. practice match. Um, St Kilda are going to fall short of the Dogs. Um, the you dogs. Reckon? I think the dogs are going to move the ball too quickly and have too much too much strength in their forward line, mm. provided they kick straight. And then I do think Frio win um, over in WA for sure. Mm. Yeah, without Meg Mack there, and Frio's forward line is looking pretty good. Yeah, Gemma Houghton and Co. Roxy roommate. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think Geelong are a chance, but um, yeah, probably not over in. WA without Meg Mack, it's the big Meg thing. Mack's the big yeah. the big loss. Who who steps up for Meg Mack? I think Beck Goring has to lead the defence. Who's a noted musician? Everyone go and listen to her music. I know. I've um, tried to get her on here to play some. I think that should be a goal for this season. Yeah, she's an angel. I know. Um, 
I think she has to step up in terms of leadership, but in terms of um, actual game style, there are a few options. No one kind of leaps to mind immediately, mm. but I think Millie Brown in defense as well will be quite good for that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they choose to play it because they won't necessarily need as many running defenders as they will lockdown defenders. So it could work in their favor for one week, but mm. then the weeks going on will be the question. Yeah, it's just it's such a shame, isn't it? I mean, a finger injury, four weeks, that's half your season. Your pinky finger breaks <laughs> and you miss half a season that you've been working 18 months for. You that's know? just cruel, yeah. especially given how improved she was last year as well. And then named vice-captain, All-Australian, best and fairest last year and now out for half the season. It's Yeah, it's cruel. That's what happens when it's an eight-week season. That's right. Let's not get started. Um, what crowd are you expecting at Moravan? I think it'll be a really good crowd. Yeah. I don't know numbers in terms of the mm. capacity of the place, so I'm not going to say a number, but I think it's going to be on par with what um, what Richmond will uh, – not Richmond, what Frio will get at Frio Oval and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I hope it's a good turnout. Um, it's a bit far for us Bulldogs fans, but I think I'll make the effort. You'll make it go to Casey Fields. Oh, God. Don't start me about Casey Fields. The thing about Casey Fields is you have to have a car. If you're PTing it, it's what, like two trains, a bus, and then what, a big walk? (laughs) In 30-something degree heat. Oh, and yeah, there's practically no shade at that ground. It's awful. Uh, We should start slowly wrapping up. Um, Thank you so much, Gemma Bastiani, for coming in. Thank you for having me. Do you want to very quickly remind people who you are and what you do? I I run a online radio station called play on radio where i talk about footy and music all the time and i am also part of siren a women's sport collective we talk about women's sports because there's not enough coverage of it um and i am kind of the aflw stats person for that i pretty much just talk about women's footy and stats a lot so um yeah you can find me on all those places yes and you can subscribe to our siren sport newsletter too for some of your amazing stats and kick like a girl content and all other things um but yeah i just think you're incredibly knowledgeable and we need you out there talking and doing this stuff more often and getting paid for it <laughs> that's the dream that's isn't it? my real beef anyway is the <laughs> amount of expertise that women have in this space and they're not getting the paid geeks yeah unfortunately and there's too much misinformation out there because the people that don't quite know what they're talking about other ones being paid to do it seemingly continue to get the paid jobs yeah. yes mates mates jobs for mates yeah. nepotism <laughs> <laughs> um all right so yes tune in next week um it'll be a much more regular standard kick like a girl as i said we always uh review the action for the week just passed we'll have an interview with um player or club official we'll have voices from the stands fan segment with kirby fenwick We'll have Darcy Vessio smash the patriarchy segment <laughs> where we talk about political issues off the field as well as the action on it. And uh, we preview the next round's action. This is presenter Kate O'Halloran. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Kick Like a Girl, a weekly radio show that airs on Triple R during the AFLW season. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Kick Like a Girl Facebook page, Twitter or website. <laughs>